You really think you're hot stuff, don't you? But today, I end you. Executive low kicks! It's a cheese attack combo I discovered! Good grief, man. You just don't get it, do you? Let me show you. Real cheese power. I demand a rematch. K.O. 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 Crap game! What a crap-ass game! Welcome to Tuning Japanese, a podcast where two dudes, of course, in their 30s, talk about anime. And laughing makes them hurt. It's Andy. <laughs> the world is pain. And you're going to put me over 100 kills. I'm Bill. Oh, God. I I have so many questions. That seems to be the theme of this. If I answer them, I'll have to kill you. Oh, well, fair enough. Uh, hey, Bill. Hi. Is that a wine glass I just saw? It's margaritas. Fantastic. Wow. I am, uh, you're drinking margaritas, I'm drinking water. It's been, it's a good day. Margaritas in the water of Mexico. It's mar- I don't, is it? Yes. Is it? <laughs> yep. Okay, well I guess you're the expert. Uh, hey guy. Hi. <laughs> We're here. What's well, always. In our separate homes outside of the studio. To talk about One Punch Man. Bill, counting this episode, we have three episodes of One Punch Man left. Hard to believe, huh? It's crazy. I feel like, it feels like we went through this one quickly, although I know that's not the case. No, because we had all those dead weeks. <laughs> we had, shut up. We did have a lot of dead weeks. Um, but hey, we've been fairly consistent. Right. This last month. And we're gonna. We're keeping regular. We're keeping regular. Um, on a new diet. Less, less bullshit, more, uh, more fiber, I guess. Um, <laughs> and we're going to be talking today about episode 22 of One Punch Man season two, episode 10. Yes. Of One Punch Man. Justice Under Siege. And it's a Bill week. No, it's not. It's Nandy week. I sure fucking hope not because we just had this conversation. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very tired. I don't have notes, so... It's, don't worry, I'm looking right at them. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, before we do that, let's talk about some nerd news. Um, okay. I sent you a link to you a did. YouTube video. This would have been E3 week. Oh, okay. Which is my favorite time of the year, but they canceled E3. Um, because of, you know, the world that we live in. And, uh... 
they instead of instead of E3, a bunch of companies and you know gaming companies and media outlets have been trying to bring different news to people. So like for example, uh, Thursday, which is tomorrow, you know, from when we're recording this on Wednesday, all this will come up probably on Thursday or Friday, so it'll be old news. Sony is releasing um, a their own event, um, a, a PlayStation event where they're going to show reveals of PlayStation Five games. Aha. Uh-huh. Which is kind of a big deal. Um, they've been we've, a lot of people have been looking forward to that for a long time. You know, kind of seeing what these next gen games are going to look like while watching it on YouTube at like a really low resolution in graphics. Yeah, I was going to say, it, what's it going to show? I mean, not much. <laughs> you, you know, that's going to time out really well because my the Blu-ray player in my PlayStation Four doesn't work that well anymore. Oh, there you go. So, and I don't even know if it plays games anymore. I haven't played a game on it in so long that. <laughs> Hey, there you go. Well, you can you can get that, and you can play this game if it comes to PlayStation Five. I know it's going to be coming to uh, PC, uh, but that is Werewolf: The Apocalypse Earth Blood. It's interesting that they're still branding it Werewolf: The Apocalypse. That's the old one, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, I guess th- this ties in. I don't think it's the same company, but I know that. Remember the old vampire game that I had? Um, yeah. Vampire the Masquerade Bloodline? I believe or something so. Something like that? Yeah. Um, they, they are, they did just release, I think, a new Vampire the, the Masquerade game not that long ago, um, just recently. So I wonder if, if they're not the same company. I wonder if, like, there's, like, I wonder why they decided to go with that instead of, what was it, Werewolf the Forsaken? Forsaken. Yep. Like, why, why do you, like, do you have a, like, do you have a guess why they would go the old? Well, the New World of Darkness didn't really make much of a splash. I don't know that it's still... I mean, White Wolf doesn't even exist anymore, so... Yeah, Onyx Path does. I think Vampire 20 was, like, the most recent, wasn't it? Or Vampire 5th Edition or something? Wasn't that the most recent? Yeah, and I think that was based off of the Masquerade, I do believe. Yeah, they pretty much just rebuilt the Masquerade game. I guess maybe they're they're doing... I know that they did, like, a 20th anniversary edition of a lot of those games. I know that Werewolf got that treatment at some point. I think they realized they didn't... I, I mean, I like the new World of Darkness games, but I think they realized that they probably didn't... Uh, they didn't go over well, well with, in general. Yeah. For those fans who are who might be confused, potentially, we're talking about the tabletop RPG uh, formerly done by White Wolf Gaming, um, now owned by, I believe, Onyx Path Gaming. Um, they did a series in the 90s of... Which is very... The games are very 90s. Um, they are. You know, this sort of aesthetic of, like, supernatural creatures that you you play as instead of playing something like Dungeons & Dragons where you play, like, the heroes. You play werewolves or mummies or vampires or mages or all these things in a very gothy 90s sort of world. Um, and as part of IGN Summer of Gaming, their very first reveal trailer from their first day of... Uh, of, of coverage today was this game, um, which all we saw was a cinematic trailer. And if I think about it, I'll, I'll post a link to this on social media, the, the video, if anyone interested after we post this uh, episode. But essentially, it's just a lot of werewolves running around in a overly tech, like like techie world. It almost looks like it There's... looks like the opening of Wolf's Rain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, it kind of does. Um, when we were right before we started recording, Bill said that I should take this, uh, take this trailer for Werewolf the Apocalypse and put Stray over it. So I might be doing that too. I mean, you even have that shot of like down the alleyway and all the wolves running past. Oh yeah, totally. I, I, I'm actually, 
that might be a project for me. Um, but yeah. Uh, so if it doesn't so come you, out on time, that's why. <laughs> that is why. Um, so you, you've seen the the cinematic trailer. Um, thoughts at all on anything you saw? The frozen time aspect was weird. I don't know if that's real or if that's just for cinematics. Yeah. Um, I wonder that maybe that's supposed to be the Umbra. Well, there was like a there was like a weird sort of like the world was like covered in weird redness and. And I wasn't sure if that was like, I don't know. I remember there was like the Umbra and the Wild and like. Well, the Umbra was a spirit world. The Wild was one of the three god entities. The world, the Wild, the Weaver, and the Worm. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's interesting. It doesn't really tell me much. I guess. Yeah, I, it definitely doesn't do that. I don't think it, it gives us much information. I think it's kind of cool that we're getting a a werewolf game in this day and age. I think it'll be interesting to see. You know, just maybe as an action with like RPG elements. I think. I think that's what they said it was with action RPG in the description. Yeah. Werewolf is one of those games that I always really liked, and I never knew what to do with. Yeah. So it'll be interesting just to play the game and see like, what was I supposed to do with this? Yeah, take like this. Take a take a a team of, you know, paid writers and authors and game developers and see what they imagine it to be. Right. Right. But yeah, that's that's my nerd news. Is this bit from the summer gaming, uh, summer of gaming from IGN? There, um, I also saw. I'm just I'm not going to really talk about it much, but I cannot remember the name of it right now. But I think it's called Metal Something, and essentially it's a rhythm game. Okay. But you are essentially playing kind of like Doom. Okay. And you're trying to rack up points by shooting and, and dismembering demons to metal music. Okay, I mean, and I can't remember, I can't remember the name of it, but it looks fucking badass. A lot of video game news coming out, even though we're kind of in a bit of a drought. So, yeah, I mean, that's my last thing. I mean, aside from the fact that I'm almost done with Final Fantasy VII remake, I've got about a few hours of gameplay left. I'm going to finish that tonight. How many has it taken you so far? Uh, I am at sitting at forty-seven hours of gameplay. So I guess that's not too bad. No, I mean, really not. And I very much enjoyed it. Um, I've heard a lot of divisive things about the ending. I don't know what the very ending of it is, but I've heard a lot of people really, really like it. A lot of people are not as happy about it. So I'm interested in finishing that tonight and being done with it. To be continued. <laughs> to be continued. And so whenever the fuck they put a next one out. That's, that's all it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just one big to be continued. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's me. Anything you want to talk about nerd news-wise? Uh, we finally got around to watching the Watchmen series that you generously provided us. <laughs> oh, uh, yes. And <laughs> as we talked about in a, in a last episode, yes, I am excited. Uh, you and I have talked quite a bit, a little bit like over the, over chat and stuff, uh, over texts. Um, but overall, what are your thoughts on Watchmen the series? Overall, I really, really enjoyed it. It was very clever. It was very layered. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoke to a lot of things that are relevant right now. Yeah. I highly recommend it, and I I wonder if there's... I almost don't want there to be a, a second season. The director has gone on record to say that they're not interested in doing a second season. Fair enough, okay. So it would be interesting. I, I, don't, think, I don't think there's another... I mean, there definitely always are more stories you could tell. Right. I don't think you need another story, though, for this. You don't. You definitely don't. You know, just go check out 
Watchmen. It's good. It's worth your time. It is. Yeah, the only other thing I saw was uh, we watched uh, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. It, it was a parody movie of, uh, I think, the of m- music biopics in general. Uh-huh. Walk the Line and Ray, specifically, I believe. Okay. I just recently saw Walk the Line, so we we went ahead and watched Dewey Cox because it came out on Netflix. So okay, it it was fine. It it was a movie. It was kind of funny. It was pretty stupid. It was yeah. it was John C. Riley. I'm not super familiar with it, but you know, got to find something to spend our time doing. You know, right? Yeah. It... I watched Joker. Did you? I did. It was all right. Yeah, that was. I, I I didn't I don't think I liked it as much as you did. Fair enough. I liked I definitely like Joaquin Phoenix was great. Yes, he was. He was absolutely great. Um, but I I don't know I a lot of the other aspects of the movie I was just kind of like yeah I mean it's, it's I get it but like I don't know I just something about the glorifying the villain a little too much it almost seemed like to me. See I I was afraid of that when I first saw it coming out. Yeah. I felt like it didn't do that. I felt like, in the end, the Joker was kind of pathetic and mm-hmm. kind of a liar and, in general, not not that glorified. I, I don't know. I, I got some... I, I kind of get that. Like, there are certain elements that... You know, like, there's, like, one aspect in particular I never I never saw coming. Like, I didn't, I didn't pick up on the fact that, like, the girl that he was with he wasn't actually with the entire time like i kind of maybe thought it but i I was like i did that thing like i do i did it like right away he meets her he doesn't get her name he just has a weird conversation she has a kid and then the next and she's a single mom with no money and the next time you see her she's totally into his comedy and you never see the kid again true that's true and she doesn't have money for a babysitter right like she is he is just imagining hanging out with her like, and I, I guess, I also just didn't like the way that mental illness was portrayed. Yeah, there was definitely some of that too. It's it's yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's not saying all mental ill people are are like this, right? To me, it. I think it was about the failure of the system. Mm-hmm. For one, yeah. And I really don't think the Joker in that movie is is the Joker um, mm-hmm. as we know him today. I think this is some other character who's like a proto Joker. You know, I think I think the Joker that we as we know him probably took some kind of in this universe mm-hmm. took some kind of inspiration from this crazy dude who called himself the Joker back in the day. Yeah, I can see that. Um, assuming any of this even happened. Like, yeah, well, it's hard to say yeah. even how much was real and how much was delusion. I mean, maybe he didn't uh-huh. do anything he said he did. Maybe he didn't go on the, that talk show and shoot the guy. Yeah, that was disturbing. It was. It was kind of dark and it was kind of disturbing. And it was, like I said, I I think it didn't glorify the violence because I think it, it made the violence terrible. Like, he was terrible. Like, mm-hmm. it was a, he was like a heel in wrestling. You know, you weren't scared of him because he was a badass. You weren't cheering for him because he beats everybody. You just sort of found him despicable and pitiable. I don't know. It was, I got to the end and I was like, well, that was, I guess my, the way I described it, it was a ride. That's fair. It it was. Like, not necessarily all a good ride, but it was, it was a ride. Yeah, I think that's probably a fair way to put it. 
it was like I said, it was well acted, well shot, very least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, we're waffling enough here. We need to get to our episode of One Punch Man. Justice Under Siege is the episode, and uh, this one also is a ride. Starring Steven Seagal. Starring starring Steven Seagal. Uh, we open with a dramatic, a very dramatic face-to-face between Saitama and King. Today, Saitama will end King. In video games, of course. Like, what do you expect? I'm, like, I mean, he probably won't, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's what he claims. And... You're right, he won't, because Saitama, we find out, is that kind of guy who either A, picks Eddie Gordo and spams his kicks, (laughs) um, or plays Mortal Kombat 2 or 3 on the Sega Genesis and then just, like, spams the repeated sweeps. Sweep, 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 uppercut, sweep, 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 uppercut. (laughs) Yeah, basically, yeah. That's the kind of, like, player that Saitama is. Um, So, yeah, they're playing a fighting game. and He thinks he found a great combo. Yeah, he's like, I found a great, I think he even calls it like a, like, like a cheese combo or something like that. Yeah. Where he's like, he's essentially just doing low kicks, low kicks, low kicks. Um, Saitama, by the way, is playing this giant blue ogre that takes up half the screen, which I paused, and that character's name is Bald Ogre. I saw that. <laughs> Pretty fucking great. Uh, whereas King is playing a, pink-haired skinny bunny girl in a one like a like a skimpy one out one onesie sort of outfit um called love it rabbit <laughs> he's playing the character you'd be playing totally playing the character i'd be playing playing like the ling Zhao Yu sort of like cutesy character um but yeah he he tries to do this repeatedly but king is just blocking king goes oh yeah and then uh, goes total 10 hit tekken combo didn't you play the uh Alice the Bunny Girl in Bloody Roar 2. Yes. Bloody Roar 2, Alice the Rabbit was my favorite character. <laughs> she was a bunny girl as well. A literal bunny girl. I didn't think we'd talk about Bloody Roar 2 so much during One Punch Man. <laughs> <laughs> we, Yeah, we honestly... I figured we'd talk more about Bloody Roar 2 during Gurren Lagann, but I think this is like the second or third time we've mentioned this. It's game. at least the second because of Carnage Kabuto. Oh, you're right. That's true. So, Saitama loses. And loses. And loses some more. And in his last loss of the series, King wins by... It's almost like a like a friendship. Friendships just came to Mortal Kombat 11. I saw like an ad for that. Um, where he blows a kiss at the devil and the devil dies. <laughs> kiss of death. Oh, like, uh, was that Sonya? Yeah. That had the kiss of yep. death? Well, Would blow a kiss and then you'd like burn up its flames or whatever? Katana had one too. Yeah, that's true. This does not sit well with Saitama, as you might imagine. No, fair enough. He goes on a he goes on a rage. He goes, "Crap game! This is a crap ass game." <laughs> Once again, swearing. He swears more to the king than anywhere else. And I love there's uh there's some text, some Japanese text that goes over the screen, and it, the subtitles pop up and say, in all caps, "No other words came to mind." <laughs> so good. It's a great opening scene. It is. Um, after gaming for a while, Saitama finds a cellular device of some sort and says, hey, what's this? And King has to explain that it's some sort of prototype device given to some of the heroes 
by the Hero Association. And, of course, King got one, and Saitama didn't. Uh, King suggests that maybe the association thought that he would get confused by all the buttons. That's fair. Uh, and, of course, this angers Saitama, who goes back to gaming. We get a shot that pans up from the device, and we see it's glowing, meaning someone's trying to contact King, but King's not paying attention because he's too busy playing video games. Yeah, that makes sense. Been there. Yeah, it's another one of those moments where it's like, we got to write Saitama out of this episode. <laughs> yeah, not, you're not wrong. Hey, Bill. Yes. Theme song. Break card? <laughs> no! Oh my god, we just started. Theme song! Theme song. We're back in the Hero Association, and we pick up where we left off last episode, which is with that member of the Hero Association who's being controlled by a monster, that weird dildo head. Yes, the the Monster Association has a message. Yes. He's holding a strange vagina eyeball? I mean, that's a message. <laughs> that that sending... says something. <laughs> it's sending something. Hey, it relays the following message. They have that son as a hostage still. The whole son. Um, yep. And <laughs> they want, essentially, to no longer be oppressed. They're like, we want to live in harmony. There's like a weird image of the world and hand, like hand in hand are monsters and humans circling it. And they're like, we just want a place to live you know, save a space for us and we'll save humanity. And the association agrees. Although the member that, that quickly agrees in his head is basically saying, yeah, as soon as we get this guy back, we're going to kill all the monsters. And then he's so, he's just summarily shot between the eyes. Seems fair. I mean, he was being a dick. It makes you wonder if like he could read minds and was like new or just, just was just fucking with him the whole time. I think they were just fucking with him the whole time. Yeah. I mean, maybe you can read minds on top of that. Yeah. But they were just fucking with him the whole time. Yeah, because the monsters are not here to negotiate at all. They basically just say, hey, we're fucking with you. You have three days to send your heroes to save the little brat. And if you don't, we're going to kill him. And then the eyeball explodes. Seems like a thing an eyeball would do. <laughs> Seems like a thing an eyeball would do. Uh, and then the tentacle-headed former employee is about to open fire with two guns... When everyone's favorite stereotype, Super Alloy Blackluster, arrives and chucks him into a wall. Because he was on guard duty and he was he was off doing something, wasn't he? Like getting a sandwich or something? I think so. And he comes back and the people there are like, oh, thank God we've kept you here as a guard. <laughs> um, so things are looking a bit better until they realize um, that the thing that's controlling that former employee or whatever, the employee that had the weird tentacles, yep. is actually some sort of weird little spotted parasite. Yeah, it's like a little uh, little drill monster. Yeah, he has like drills for arms, uh, and it goes all Simon on Super Alloy. I think this might be the second time this has happened in this anime, but they can't drill through his strong pecs. Well, his skin is like super hard. Yeah, um, and then he gets just splatted by Super Alloy. He just just squishes him. And I love the, the, during this he quotes he says, uh, "Everyone knows steel is no match for a hardened body." <laughs> Was he getting oil for his pecs? Maybe that was where he went. Oh, that could be. I mean, he does come back looking very oily. I, I think he was going to get oil for his pecs. I think that's what he says. It's very possible. <laughs> the room starts to panic and debate what to do next. And in order to calm them down, Super Alloy begins striking bodybuilder poses. It'd work on you, wouldn't it? Uh, it totally would work on me. He says, hey, don't worry. I'm ready to take on the enemy. So this is our... First time, I think, seeing Super Alloy in Season 2? I believe so. Does he... Has he gotten any better at all? I mean, in a racially sensitive way? 
Yeah, that's kind of where I'm going. Not really. Uh, I guess they, they play up the meathead bodybuilder part aspect of his personality more. So I guess there's some depth. I guess. But, um, no, not really, I don't think. I just, uh, I just don't like it. I, 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 just, I have trouble with this character. I just don't like him. I kind of feel like this character, like you feel about Pretty Pretty Prisoner. I like him. I think he's cool. Yeah. Um, but I can see where, like, you feel, you would feel bad about it. Yeah, you can see how problematic it actually is. All right, so we go to the Monster Association. They've gathered to talk strategy themselves. Yep. And the idea is to bring all of these heroes together all in one place, because if they do that, then they've got the numbers advantage, and they can basically win by a game of numbers over a game of actual ability. Yeah, I mean, it's a trap, obviously. Oh, total, totally, totally a trap. And we get a pan shot of the room. It's like a big, almost like an auditorium sort of thing with like different sort of tiers worth of like seats. And there's monsters everywhere. Um, we get glimpses of some of these monsters. I try to note a few of them um, because so many of them look like reject Pokemon designs. <laughs> Fair enough. There was like an e- evil mechanical looking candlestick monster with like three candles. Like it kind of reminded me, what, what's the... What's the candle from uh, Beauty and the Beast? Oh, uh, Lumineer. Yeah, kind of like a like an evil Lumineer. There was that. There was like a trash can with three eyes. There was like a pale faced looking mask on a black bodysuit with like a dangly thing at the end that looked like a sperm. Like a like a no and a hagfish. A no. Yes, kind of like fish. that. Yeah, kind of like that. It was weird. Well, this is where the the animators just have fun. They're like, screw it, just draw whatever. Because. None of these things are going to matter. Exactly. The weird guy who's got arms for nipples <laughs> makes some big grand speech, and he gets really annoyed because he, he expects them to all cheer and clap and applaud, but no one does. We don't care. <laughs> Basically, right? Like, they're all there, and they they don't... It seems like they want to they wanna be there, but they also don't want to be ruled by anyone. Maybe they just don't like him. That's possible. I think some of them don't like the Demon King Orichi or whatever his name is either because uh, someone speaks up and that someone is the cockroach monster that fought Genos from a few episodes back. Right. And he gets snatched up by Orochi who says, is it Orochi? Orochi, yep. Okay, I want to make sure I'm saying it right. Um, he gets snatched up by Orochi who says, hey, you're a failure and then eats him. Right. You got no, le- he didn't get any drumsticks. That's <laughs> Oh, he didn't. Don't you hate that when you, you order like fried chicken and that doesn't that doesn't get everything you oh, ordered? I don't go to KFC anymore. I don't either, but you know. Speaking of failures in this place, uh, Super S, the dominatrix lady, is shown. Yes, and she basically has to beg for her life when she's chastised and told, like, "Yeah, you. Why are you here? You should be dead too." Um, but Nipple Arms basically says, "Like, hey, she's got powers we can use." Meaning we'll probably see her in a combat coming up. Yeah, she does things that a lot of us can't do. So now, while she's getting, um, while she's getting disciplined by Orochi, mm-hmm. do you think she likes it? She does look pretty terrified. Uh, no, that's she likes to do the disciplining. Yeah, yeah, she's she's more. She doesn't like taking the punishment. She likes dishing it out. Right. So the king of all the monsters then asks about Goketsu, saying, "Where is that dude? He should be back by now." Uh, Nipple Arm sends out one of his, like, eye drones. Yeah, he's got, like, organic uh, drone cameras. 
pretty nifty, actually. They're just eyeballs and uh, fly wings. Yeah. It flies around and finds the corpse of Goketsu that was just left by Saitama. I love how Saitama never cleans his messes. <laughs> Clearly. He just, he'll kill something and then be like, what was that about? And then just walk away. Well, I mean, maybe it's kind of fair, because, like, when I cook, then my wife does the dishes. So, like, it's dividing the labor. So Genos is just going around cleaning things up? Or should be, at least. Maybe he's using his incineration powers? Right. Yeah, yeah. He's strong enough to pick up body parts and toss them in the air and incinerate them, so. There you go. We, we figured out a plot hole. Something un undiscovered. If he does the hard part, then somebody else should be able to clean up after it. That's fair. Division That's fair. of labor. So we cut back to Garu. He wakes up. He's been beaten up, if you don't remember, in the last episode. He was punched through a wall by Saitama. Yep. For trying to blindside him and King. Yep. So it, it, it's really funny, because again, it's it was, like in last episode, it's one of those things where he's going after King, not realizing that Saitama is there, and he's the real threat. <laughs> and Saitama sends him packing and says, oh, muggers. We do even see the uh, human Garu-shaped hole, monster Garu-shaped hole in the wall as he looks up and he's like, what the hell happened? And then he takes like, we get like a weird flash of King on his bike and he's like, oh yeah, King beat me up. <laughs> so he goes to leave and he says, man, I have been, I've gotten the shit kicked out of me. I need to go home, back to my hideout. And as he's trying to leave, he sees Death Gatling, a class A hero. And he says, huh. Maybe I should go this way away from him because even though he's only class A, I don't think I could take him on right now. I have one hit point. I have one hit point left. I'm a pain of glass at this point. We cut to the to Genos and the doctor briefly, where once again Genos, who got wrecked, uh, got rebuilt and upgraded yet again. And the doctor basically says, "You should probably slow it up a bit." <laughs> yeah. I'm running out of parts. Um, and we get this like really weird short bit of dialogue from the doctor where he says like, man, this time you reminded me of me when I was young, when I was idealistic and I always ran off to fight against injustice. Yeah, I guess he had like a a robot body, maybe. Either he had a robot body or he was a superhero himself. A robot superhero. A robot superhero. It was unclear. It was unclear. Um, kind of weird. I was I was kind of confused by that. I think that was the point. They don't bother telling you. They just, here's random-ass backstory that you get in these shows. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't really, you know, because, again, it, it's kind of poking fun at the genre. Right. And uh, that brings us to the break card. Oh. Theme song. Welcome to the break card. My name is Andy, and this is another episode of Tuning Japanese, and we're talking about One Punch Man. We've only got a couple of episodes to review after this one, and then we're moving on to Season 6. Got some big surprises there, and maybe some stuff in between. Very excited to get to that, um, but we will see how Season 2 of One Punch Man kind of pans out as we get closer and closer and closer to the end. I want to start by saying, if you like our show, go ahead and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Google Play or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. That is the easiest way to have other people find our show. If that's something you have not done, I really implore you to pause if you're at a computer or a phone where you can do so uh, and just leave us a five star. We, that really does help us 
a long, long way for more people to find us. We'd love to get in front of as big of an audience as we possibly can, and you all have a chance to help out in that way if you so choose. So uh, thank you, as always, for listening, and thank you if you have already left us a rating and a review. Uh, We really, really appreciate that. You can also support us by going to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese, where we are posting all kinds of new content. We've got show notes that are been going up once a week on Friday mornings for, I think, season four right now, which is our reviews of Wolf's Reign. Once we wrap up One Punch Man, those reviews will start going up at some point as well. You can go and read our notes on the episodes. We released a few weeks back a really fun bonus episode that if you have not caught or not a member of the Patreon, it's one of our bonus episodes, bonus episode number 40, where Bill, Josh, and myself actually took some of the characters from Excel Saga and Trigon and Gurren Lagann and Wolf's Reign and decided what what class would they be of heroes in One Punch Man. And it was a ton of fun. You can check that out. That's actually a video cast as well. So go check that out again at patreon.com slash Japanese. There's all kinds of other great rewards as well. Be cool like Cameron Baird and Superfan Matt and Brian Nash and help support this show. We really, really appreciate it. I'm going to keep it kind of short today. You know uh, how to find us on Facebook and on Twitter and all that. And if you don't, listen to the end of the show for that. We're going to get right back into our review of One Punch Man. And we just got a few more of these to go. Very excited to talk about the finale of Season 2. And I hope you enjoy today's episode. We're back from the break card. (laughs) Not the theme song. Dre. And the world is reacting, Bill. I know. I saw the news. No, no, Wait. no. In in one in One Punch Man. Oh, right. Okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> there are newspapers. He uh, word that the Monster Association has gotten out to the masses through the media, and I'm kind of confused by this because yes, there's monsters running around, but like, how would they know that there's this thing called the Monster Association? Did they tell them? Maybe. Like, my first thought was, like, maybe the Hero Association leaked it themselves to, like, get the information out there to the people. But, like, there's a scene a little bit later that makes me think that, no, they didn't do that themselves and they're kind of upset that this leaked out. Yeah, I don't see what the uh, Hero Association would gain from saying that. They've either got a leak inside their own organization who is just going for the glory of leaking information, or the Monster Association themselves let people know to scare them. It's possible. It was weird because there's a scene later, too, where they're not the only ones reading the news. Like, there's a scene of the monsters, like a bunch of monsters reading the news, too, which we'll get to. But, yeah, I I thought it was kind of interesting, you know, that, like, the actual organization called the Monster Association has been, like, outed, you know, to the public. Yes. We get a series of images of different people. We get Metal Bat, who's healing up, as well as some of the fighters from the tournament, including um, Lightning Max. They all start talking about... You know, like, are the are the heroes actually going to be able to do this? You know, will they win? Uh, we get a shot of Metal Knight talking to Child Emperor through Zoom or something. And Metal Knight forgot to turn on his camera. <laughs> and they have a conversation. It is an interesting conversation between these two characters. Because essentially they're talking about what to do next. And Child Emperor's like, we have to go and save this child. Like, this hostage needs to be saved. We need to do everything possible. And, of course, Metal Knight says, no, I'm not going to do that, because if we just all go in, we're going to lose resources. We're going to lose people. He's and not wrong? Yeah, that was my question. That's exactly my question, is, is he wrong? Morally, is he wrong? Probably. 
Was just a clazy wrong? No, not at all. It's obviously a trap. Oh, 100% a trap. But they're kind of in a catch-22 situation because either they do what the Monster League wants and walk into a trap, or they don't and they lose money and funding and public support. Because it isn't going to be just that one investor who doesn't pay them. How many people are going to turn against them and, you know, pull out their, their cash? Yeah, it's, you pull one card from the House of Cards and the whole thing tumbles down. Well, how many, you know, how many of the other sponsors are going to be like, well, you know, I don't want to get my family kidnapped and killed by monsters, so I better stop paying the money. Yeah, no, totally. And then without the money, how are they going to fund everything, you know? Yep. So, you know, Metal Knight is not wrong, I think, on a logistics level, but you're right, on a moral level, on a, you know, for the betterment of the association, like, they almost have to go in and, and, and do this and save this kid. Uh, speaking of the Hero Association, um, they note how, they're paying attention, obviously, to the news being spread around, and they note how everyone is watching for their next move, and they've decided that they need to take a hard-line approach to whatever it is they decide to do. So, again, a little more ominous foreboding to this big end fight and what it could end up being. And then as I kind of alluded to, there's a group of monsters who are just kind of parading around and they're reading the newspaper <laughs> and they're just like a monster association. We should join this monster association. My, my next question, cause I always, this anime has lots of questions is where are these monsters coming from? <laughs> um, underground, maybe monster world. <laughs> the... <laughs> there's, they ordered the uh, 10-piece Monster McNugget meal. <laughs> it's so... I don't know. Like, the origins of the monsters on this show have been so mixed. Because, like, we see the Monster McNuggets mm-hmm. that you coined, you know, a few episodes ago. But at the same time, there are other people that are like, I became a monster when, you know, this thing happened. Or, like, I loved moth so much that i became a moth or whatever like is there more is there just more than one way to be a monster i'm guessing yes the mixed ways of being a monster was probably the old way of doing it and one of the monsters is so monster he can he can monster other monsters okay i'd buy that That... (laughs) it's weird it's just weird it's and i and i know it's like not anything i should worry about and like put too much like worry and logic into but it's just it's just, I don't know. It's just, it seems like the the answer to what makes a monster changes as the series goes on. I can't believe that sentence made sense. No, it totally did. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love it. Um, but hey, they're not going to be able to join the Monster Association because they accidentally run into Saitama, who one punches all of them. Seemingly with a single punch. One punch, man. <laughs> I guess. Uh, and he's like... Well, that's weird. Um, he has the cleave feet. He does. And he can't be bothered to ask any more questions because the garbage truck will be there soon. He's running with two bags of garbage. <laughs> uh, we cut to the kids who we... The, the kids meaning Terio uh, or Toreo or however you want to say his name, which is the kid from the park. Right, Gary's little buddy. Yeah, and he and his friends, they're gathered around. They're like, um, there's a strange dude in our fort. <laughs> and they tell him to go <laughs> why don't you go kick him out yeah they basically bully him until he goes to do it himself and he does he, he he's kind of gutsy he goes in there and he comes to re- realize that oh it's Garu who's in here and because Garu is like apparently this is his hideout <laughs> <laughs> I think he just found somewhere to sleep I don't think he 
I don't think this is his normal hideout. I think he just got so wrecked that he needed to go sleep it off. Not a bad idea. And he's he's kind of resting. And the kid bravely walks up and basically through tears says, you have to go. <laughs> and Garrow's like, who the fuck are you? Oh, wait, you're that kid. And I can't help it. But like any scene between this kid and Garu, I absolutely love. I, I, I love this this dynamic. It, no, it's great. It truly is. Essentially, Garu says, look, your friends are assholes. Don't let them treat you that way. And if you if they want me to leave, then tell them to come here and I'll tell them what's up. <laughs> uh, and I love also how Garu can call this kid a little turd repeatedly and make it sound like the most endearing affectionate thing in the world i know that's his like cute little nickname for the kid he's like you little turd <laughs> um garu says he's going to offer up a bit of advice about getting respect but before we hear that a troop of heroes march up outside of this place including death gatling smile man who's that dude in the red outfit with a big giant hammer well it's not even a hammer it's like that ball and hammer game it's like two two oh, cups that, and a that spike toy thing. yeah yes and Stinger yeah. is also there, as well as some other heroes that we'll learn who they are in just a minute. Um, they tell the kids who are gathered outside waiting uh, to go away, which is a smart move. They're kind of worried about their friend at first, but they're like, nah, there's heroes here. He's fine. <laughs> Naive, stupid kids. <laughs> stupid, stupid fucking kids. We go back into Garu, who basically says, hey, the key to getting respect, Bill, the key to getting respect to just get stronger oh that makes sense that's what he says right the kid's that's, like yeah yeah that's obvious isn't it <laughs> okay yeah my favorite thing from the whole episode is garu's f- facial expression after the kid's like isn't that obvious he just yeah, stares yeah. He, he gives him a death stare he <laughs> like slowly raises his fist and then slams the table he's sitting next to and this water <laughs> glass of water like jumps but then like he goes from like kind of pissed off to like he starts laughing and smiles and basically says like yeah you're getting it it is obvious (laughs) (laughs) and then my favorite line from the whole episode he laughs and he goes ouch laughing makes me hurt (laughs) (laughs) so good so good so the kid's about to leave so that garu can finally get some sleep but before he can leave garu gets like he senses that all the heroes are outside yeah, he has his, like, premonition sense. Yeah, he ushers uh, this kid back in and says, Hey, you got that Hero Association guidebook? <laughs> I'm gonna need that for a second. So he, he does, he, he reads it over, and I love it, because he he goes over to the wall, and, you know, kind of, you know, like those um, paper dividing walls, like, in, like, traditional, yeah. like, used in, like, Japanese homes and stuff sometimes? Yep. Like, he takes his finger and he pokes a hole as if he's poking it through one of those, but it's, like, the side of this building. It's like a Morton building, and he, like, sticks his finger right through the metal. Oh, totally. Totally. And he looks out at everyone, so that way he can get an idea of, like, who they are. And here's our lineup, by the way. We've got Def Gatling, who is Class A, uh, rank 8. We've got Stinger, who's also Class A, rank 10. We've seen him before. Yep, we've seen him before. He's the one with, like, the weird drill thing on the end of the stick yep we've got smile man who i mentioned just a bit ago class a rank 27 we have a new one on me called Wildhorn, which is like he's like purple armored yeah he looks like a fantasy video game character totally like fitting in with like the witcher or something yeah well not even that i'm thinking like old school like 
Oh, uh, like 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 a cane, like the dragoon. Yeah, yeah. Final Fantasy like Four, purple, or whatever. Really garish purple and gold armor and uh-huh. no face and yeah, like really bulky limbs and stuff. Right. He uh, he's class B, rank six, I do believe. Uh, we have Magane, who is class B, rank twenty one. He is uh, he's a dude in a green tracksuit. Yep. Yep. And glasses. Yep. He just looks like a nerd. Pretty much. Uh, we have Chain Toad, who's class A, rank thirty six. These names are terrible. Uh, he's literally a dude in a frog suit with a spike chain. Yeah, like the um. Like the ball on the end. Yeah, it's that ninja weapon that's like a comma and then like a, a ball in the end of it, and like they're connected by a long chain. Yes. Yeah. So that's Chain Toad. <laughs> uh, Blam Blam. Not to be confused with like Bam Bam. Uh, Bigelow or something. Uh, <laughs> Class B, rank 43. He's just a Western cowboy. Uh, oh, yeah, he's like a cowboy hero. Yeah. And then we have Shooter, who's Class B, rank 99, who is uh, essentially Hawkeye. Yeah, it took me a while to figure out which one was Blam Blam, which one was Shooter, because the cowboy could really be either one. Oh, totally. And you don't really shoot a bow so much as you loose a bow. Or... Yeah. So I was like, eh, but yeah, I figured, yeah. well, bows definitely don't go Blam Blam, so. Bo- yeah, bows typically don't go Blam Blam. Um, so Garu tells the kid, hey, you should lay low. I, actually, he says literally, like, lay down. It's smart, because he, he knows he's against, like, he's got Blam Blam, he's got Death Gatling, they're going to be shooting... Head torso level probably. Yep, and a superhero archer is probably going to shoot through the building too. Right. Oh, absolutely, totally. And so Garrow steps out and he says, "Hey, look, don't shoot the shack." And I love that. I just love it again because he's like he he. Although he plays it off as being like, "There's no one in there." Yeah, he doesn't want to. He's like, "I don't want. I want a place to sleep when I'm done with you." But like, it's just he comes from a place of caring. Yeah, he's playing it all cool, but well, he doesn't want to give it up either. That like. These heroes, some of these heroes would not um, think twice about using a child to get at a bad guy. No, no, and it's there's something fascinating about comparing Garu to some of these heroes in this anime because you know we've talked about some of the the heroes who are not good people. Yeah, and he's more honorable than as a bad guy, as a really bad guy, he's yeah. a lot more honorable than some of them. No, totally right. Like there, there's something about him that's much more endearing than. You know, like a metal knight or something. You know, it's it, it's interesting, like that. You know, the the lines of what is good and bad that we normally see in a superhero story get blurred, right? That there's no definite one way to, of kind of like viewing good versus evil. And that's kind of one of the reasons I really was drawn to this is it, it really tugs at those notions. Everybody shades of gray, and they just society itself has this artificial level of what's good and what's bad. Yeah, absolutely. So the heroes, their plan is to bring Geru back alive for questioning. Um, although, the way that they're fighting, it doesn't seem that way. In fairness, I would, even if I was supposed to bring him back alive, if I, I don't think I would try. Like, oops, I killed him. Yeah, no, that's fair. You can't give a, f- with what he's done so far, I don't think B and A and B heroes should be giving him any slack at all. No, I mean, he's taking out l- class S heroes. Yep. So they banter back and forth for a while, and then Garo just kind of backflips on top of the building, declaring that, hey, once I finish you guys off, I'll have over 100 kills. Drawing their fire up. Yeah, exactly, up instead of down. That's really good. Um, is this bravado, or does he really think he killed 100 people, or does he has he killed 100 people? Because it sounds like 
he makes it sound that way. And I know that like he probably did kill those people at like Bang's Dojo or whatever. Yeah. But like aside from that, like he hasn't killed any heroes. I don't think he has killed any heroes. I think maybe those two villains though he killed. Oh yeah. When they when they called all the villains and, and thugs and stuff together to try to get them to work with the heroes. And he went off on them. They're probably dead. They're probably dead. Okay. Yeah, it just seemed weird to me. Like, I wonder if, like, how much, like, he thinks he actually killed certain people. Like, did he think he killed Tank Top Master? Did he think he killed, you know what I mean? Like. Is he so cocky that he yeah. just leaves them alive and doesn't think anything of it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, clearly they're dead. I don't need to finish them off. Yeah. I don't need to double tap. Exactly. Why double tap? Yeah. So we get to the fight, and it's a pretty good fight. At least the first stages of this are. We get Blam Blam firing off shots. Gary uh, lunges kind of for him, saying, like, you're the weak point. I'm going for you. But then he's stopped by Stinger's spear. Um, Shooter sends a volley of arrows from above that he has to dodge. The whole reign of arrows trope. Yeah. Which you see in video games and kung fu movies and all those things. This is where he knows for the first time, like, these guys are not fighting to take me as prisoner. (laughs) They're fighting to kill me. He also brings up that those arrows are poisoned. He read that in the book. Good to know. Yeah, so so at least he's done his homework. Um, the kid that's, is standing that's at the, the door. Real, that's the real moral of this season. Do your homework. Basically, right? Which, you know, as a teacher. You say, I think you to support. I support that 110%. The kid is standing at the door. And at first, he's like kind of marveling at the heroes, but then he's sad. He's like, why are they fighting my friend? Like, what, what did he do? So what you're saying is Garrett did nothing wrong. That's what the kids say. That's what you're saying. Do your homework. Oh, that's fair. Fair. <laughs> he's a teacher's pet. Because he's, he's like named after a wolf. Um, <laughs> I don't, I've, we've seen his teacher. I don't think that's true. No, that's true. That, that's fair. Uh, hey, Chain Toad tosses his whip chain thing. Smile Man drops his ball from his hammer. <laughs> <laughs> drops his ball. <laughs> Smile Man drops his ball. Are There's we, are we not doing time. phrasing? No, I'm too tired for phrasing. Uh, Wildhorn sends out a blade. Blam Blam fires more shots. Stinger narrowly just kind of misses. Uh, And this is where, like, really, honestly, the heroes are are doing a really great job of coordinating their attacks. Well, they're they're not the highest level, so they're they're thinking they're playing smarter. Mm -hmm. You know, they they coordinate. They don't nobody. They don't all have to be the big hero and show up everybody else. You've got your like too long range or too middle range or too short range. You've got, you know, Death Gatling who's, you know, the highest rank who's just kind of standing and waiting, you know, for his chance to to step in if he has to. It's yeah, their their strategy is is really working here. And then you have the runner. Yeah, then you have the runner, which at this at this point like it's really weird because he he stares at him cuz like this dude is running around like picking up the arrows and throwing them back yep. to shooter, which I love. I want to play a D and D game where I play an archer who has like some sort of like like disciple or someone that like collects my arrows. Did you ever watch The Awesomes? Uh, no. Another show our friend worked on. There's only two seasons of it, and it's actually really good. There's a hell of a voice mm-hmm. cast there. Yeah. There's a character on that show who her code name is Concierge, and that's literally like she's just their support person, like. That's amazing. Manages their time and their resources, and that's her superpower with organization. I like it. 
I like it. That's that's pretty cool. So that's, that's what I thought this guy was. I thought he was concierge, going to be a concierge type hero. Yeah. And at first it seems that way because he's like, huh, well, I'm just going to use this guy as a meat shield. <laughs> so he goes after him. But this dude is agile as shit. Yep. He does the ducking and dodging. He's got kung fu, like some sort of martial arts training. And his job is not just to collect arrows, but his job is to basically chase after Garou if Garou decides to get foe. Yeah, he's kind of a low-level speedster, I think. Yeah, he's got he's got some martial arts abilities, and he's like a speedster, and that's basically him. Um, and then the episode just kind of ends with Gatling demanding Garou step down, and us wondering if he will. We'll have to wait till next episode to find out. Bum 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 cliffhanger. Bum bum bum. Yes, this was episode twenty-two of uh, of One Punch Man: Justice Under Siege, and we'll be back next time with episode twenty-three, the varieties of pride. But first. This is the part of the episode where we talk about our thoughts. I guess I will go. Uh, so overall, I really like this episode. If I'm remembering right, because this is the—I've actually watched ahead. Wow. Yeah, I'm actually ahead of the game. I've watched the last two episodes after this already, and I think I like this episode more than the next two, especially the next one. I think it—it it gets a little lost in meandery, but um, but this one is pretty good. I I really enjoy. The stuff with Garu, I, I really like his showdown here with these heroes. I think it's it's definitely going to be really telling for him of how much of a threat he actually is, like beaten down as much as he is, being able to take on eight heroes, whether or not he's going to be able to succeed. You know, there are a few other little things like the, the Saitama bit at the beginning just to kind of essentially write him out of the episode. There's the stuff with like Genos and the Doctor that, you know, seems kind of thrown in, but just is there just to be like, hey... Genos yeah. is going to be back up and running here soon. Yeah, so far, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, honestly, like this whole episode, is, is it's a Garou-focused episode. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, Garou may be the, the best character of the season, really. You know, you, you could argue he's the main character of the season. He definitely is, in my opinion. You know, maybe uh, maybe Genos was the main character of the last season, and Garou is the main character of this season. And again, season three isn't out yet, and I don't read the manga. I do know how this ends, but um, do you think that he is on his way toward a face turn at any point? Because, like, we said that about um, Speed of Sound Sonic at one point. You said that about Speed of Sound Sonic. And that isn't the case yet. Yeah. Like, I assumed he was going to join the team and be, like, buddy-buddy. I never saw that. I never expected that. Okay. Do you think there's any chance with Garu? I think Garu's got way more of a chance. Okay. I think Garu is way more likable, for one. Can't see a lot of people rooting for Speed of Sound Sonic, whereas we're already rooting for Garu. Yeah, we kind of are. I think, obviously, I think that connection with the kid is is the big focal point of like it it helps why we should like him. And again, we always go to pro wrestling analogies, but we're gonna go there again. Mm-hmm. Garu is basically self made. He wins the fights legitimately. He doesn't stop fighting. You know, he does all these heroic, facey things. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, turning on his master and, you know, destroying the dojo and stuff isn't, but. Yeah. But he, he is a heel still, but. Yeah, totally. He's got, he's got all these face attributes also. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Speed of Sound Sonic doesn't really. I mean, he's fast, sure, but he's also, you know, uptight and arrogant and. And better than you and... I mean, we could have said the same thing about, like, 
Like I, I can I compare Speed of Sound Sonic to someone like um Oh god, why am I blanking on his name from Gurren Lagan? Viral. Viral, thank you. He, he kind of reminds me of a Viral from Gurren Lagan, you know, because Viral had a lot of those same traits that Speed of Sound Sonic did. That's true. That's true. And he got a re- he got a redemption arc at the end too. But yeah, I, I am definitely rooting for Geru. I think I think he would make a really interesting hero, especially because like he 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 wants to be a, a monster and like, but I think he's maybe going to see like what the what monsters are really like. See what monsters are really really like, and then maybe even see what a hero is supposed to be like. Yeah, you know, because all the heroes he's been around and the scene on TV have all been these self-important, puffed up jerks, which is why he wants to be a monster in the first place. He's turned his back on regular people in regular society because he's seen them be terrible. Right. Not crap. I'm identifying with another character. There you go. You know, but maybe Saitama will be the one that shows him. You know, that that's not what being a hero is. This is what being a hero is. And he goes, oh. Yeah. But I like standing up for the guy who loses all the time. Yeah. Now, I think it'll be interesting to see where they go with that, if they explore that coming up in these next two episodes. We shall see in episode 23 the varieties of pride. But for now. <laughs> but. Bill, I'm, I'm tired. I am too. <laughs> let's let us let us go ahead and call this one a, a, a wrap. Let's wrap this one up. Mm, a wrap. This has been Tuning Japanese, a podcast where two dudes in their 30s talk about anime. And you're going to put me over 100 kills. I'm Bill. And laughing makes me hurt. My name is Andy. And we will see you next time. I better not say that. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Check out our YouTube channel and our new series, Tuning RPG, by searching for Tuning Japanese or Tuning RPG on youtube.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Seriously, be like these great patrons. Superfan Matt, Brian Nash, and Cameron Baer. If you want respect, if you don't want to be bossed around, then you gotta get strong. What? That's it. Some pretty good advice, huh? No, I mean, that's pretty obvious. (laughs) Yeah, it is obvious. So obvious that you understood it perfectly. (laughs) Damn, even laughing hurts.